0: Politics, the Bush, and the future of our regions. You're listening to Weatherboard and Iron with Barnaby Joyce and Matt Canavan. Well, welcome back to another episode of Weatherboard and Iron. I'm here with uh, Barnaby Joyce, Member for New England. We've just finished, or about to finish, another week of Parliament. You wrapped up in the House yet? Uh- Barbie.
1: Uh yes, ingenium Engines in col in colto sub capore. That's Latin quotes I do when nothing else is happening. Well, people can Google that later. They uh, can, no. <laughs> they, they can. It's uh, it's about me. <laughs> um, so it's uh, yeah, we're wrapped up. It was uh, it's really it's it's all come down to tactics. We won't take the debate, and so they're um, calling quorums all the time. And you know, away from here, no one gives a yeah. toss about that. Yep. So. My view is we should have just concentrated on talking about the coronavirus. If Labor wanted to be uh, on their balls of their toes, they'd be pulling us up in preparation. And if we want to be on the balls of our toes, we'd be showing how we're doing the very best job of, that you possibly can do in light of the circumstances that are before us.
0: Yep. Well, that's right. There has been a lot of bells ringing this week. I've noticed over here in the Senate, and you you got your bit like Pavlov's dog in this place. It's a... Uh, Uh, You get trained every time you hear a bell to look up at a clock or somewhere, because you've got to go to the chamber, so I always do that, but this week we've had no red bells. So I'm going to take the
1: lead here, because you're going to do most of the talking. So you've been in Senate Estimates. What on earth are
0: they? Yes, well, Senate Estimates, um, we're still at work. What are you estimating? What are we estimating? We're estimating the budget, so it takes a a, a while, because our... our budget these days is uh, over 400 billion dollars. Uh, it's not really real money. Bad the budget is. Uh, it? No, well that, that's right. So what well, well to take the history right. What what, what Senate estimates is about uh, it, it was a, it was origin, originated in I think the 1960s or 70s around then mm-hmm. uh, where the standing Senate committees uh, of of things like economics, infrastructure, uh, communications, uh, foreign affairs and defense, they would have a rolling set of hearings where they would question the government about the budget. Yeah. So, if you like, um, uh, any bill that comes to the House and Senate, mm-hmm. any piece of legislation can be referred off to a Senate committee. Uh, and, and so, you know, a bill establishing a radioactive waste facility, which I've had something to do with before the Parliament, at the moment, it's being sent off to a Senate exactly. inquiry for investigation. The budget, the budget is just another set of bills. Okay. So, they have an appropriation bill. They get sent off now to a standing, if you like, ongoing inquiry called Senators. And I think,
1: about. if I can remember, way back to that uh, to that rarefied atmosphere of the Senate for which I was once a part, you can't actually take on notice a question about actual numbers in the budget. You have, you have to actually give the number. But everything else becomes something, because it's sort of like a quasi-court. You are You are held to the truth. You can't just make it up. And therefore, it becomes very much the inquisitorial forum for the opposition to find the truth, which they then take into the other chamber, the House of Representatives chamber, and ask really nasty questions that make us
0: feel awkward. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. I mean, look, the notionally estimates is about the budget and about these appropriations bills, which come in and give the government the right to spend your money. Uh, But in theory, you know, in practice, I should say everything touches money. So estimates can be about pretty much any issue. So you might have read this week there was a, a kerfuffle about the colour of our com cars. That can be asked about. Uh, lots of minutiae that attracts the attention of the media sometimes. But but overall, it is about getting to the bottom of all the spending, all the different programs the government operates, uh, and asking questions about whether they're doing the right or wrong. thing.
1: Okay, so this is where the fun starts, because obviously in the culture wars, we have this belief all the time in this... There's an ongoing guilt trip. It's what the socialists slash communists always try to do. That is create a moral conundrum, create a guilt trip. And once they've created a guilt trip, whatever the issue du jour is, uh, then they say the cure to this guilt trip, your guilt trip, is if you take on policies A, B, C, D and E, which inevitably lead to the divestment of private assets from the individual or new caveats on the capacity of a person to operate their income stream. So they put it a primacy, the authority of the state, the bureaucracy, and ipso facto, they become the basic owner of your assets. You may be the tenant, but they become the owner because they have all the powers of control. Now, one of the big guilt trips at the moment, of course, is the climate debate. And you've been in the center of that because they said the bushfires were caused by climate change. Over to you.
0: Yes, well, um, uh, uh, I've, uh, we've, I've taken up this cause a little bit in estimates this week, uh, getting to the bottom of, of the advice around issues like climate change. So, so I, I just happened to be in the Estimates Committee the other day when the Labor Party were questioning the CSIRO about a document they put out. So the CSIRO uh, last month put out a document uh, called The Bushfires Explained or something like that and explained a the document they called it about what the science said around the latest, around the, the recent bushfires we've had. And it was only a two-page document, summary document, but they had a, in part of that document a section on climate change and science. And I read through that section after it was tabled um, by the Labor Party. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that um, while it did uh, properly mention that, that what they call fire weather days are increasing, so hot, dry, windy days have been increasing in the last 40 years, it's a statistical fact, um, they left one key piece of information out so, so uh, a bigger document that the CSIRO produces... 400 and how many pages? Oh, no, this one, I think it's only a couple of hundred or so. That this one. There's another one that I'll get to, which is bigger. But um, uh, it's still a big document called Climate Change in Australia. It's the go-to guide, when if you want to know. When's that, that was The last edition was 2015, so it was five years old. Oh, but no. but, it, but it, it is the latest edition of if you're building a major project. And I, when I was a minister, when we were proposing to build um, some, some major investments... You know, the department had, had to look projects. at this guide to see, okay, what's going to happen to rainfall, what's going to happen to extreme weather events, etc. cetera, uh, on climate change. So it's the go-to guide about future projections based on the mainstream science here. Anyway, on page 51 of that document, it has a very clear statement saying there are no studies linking climate change... Uh, and bushfires at this time. Mm-hmm. Very simple sentence, um, uh, and from my pretty understanding... S- accurate, pretty succinct. Yep, accurate representation. I've read a bit about the science on this. We'll come to that too. But so, so I, I thought it was a bit strange that the CSIRO's bushfire explainer, admittedly only two pages, but couldn't find room for this very simple sentence, which mm-hmm. you would think to be per- pertinent to the question of whether or not the bushfires were caused by climate change. So anyway, I put a very simple question to the CSIRO: Do bushfires Do, uh, Are well, bushfires caused by climate? Are, are the latest
1: bushfires being caused by climate change? The
0: first question I asked was: Well, this document said you know that there was no studies performed. Your explainer guy didn't include that sentence. Uh, why was that the case? Now, um, in response to that first okay, question, now we just
1: drill down for the people who are now going off to make a cup of tea. So what you're saying there is what they insinuated. And the actual fact that that insinuation was supposed to be premised on was either not there or
0: incorrect. Yeah, not there, not there. What they, what the CSI wrote, I don't think was incorrect per se. It summarised some of this other document, but it was incomplete. Incomplete, uh, as I said the other day, it's like writing a writing a report on a football match, but not including the final score. I mean, it, it, it didn't, it didn't actually okay. cover. Uh, the question, the whole question was, is climate change in science? Well, you'd think you'd say, well, there's no studies. So let's
1: let's even go yeah. higher level yeah. on that. So basically they're saying, so if I... Their document, if you, if you believe the CSRO are on their game, you would say that on their own evidence, the latest bushfires were not caused by climate change.
0: Well, they, yeah, they can't establish that. They, they can't, can't establish, establish that.
1: Establish that they were yeah.
0: caused by yeah. climate change. Yeah. Yeah. Yet
1: the inference and what's been running around yeah. this building is that... The bushfires were caused by, indisputably, by climate change. That's yeah, exactly and, right. And 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 you, if you look at all the minutia of the debate, and some people are just saying it categorically, they, they don't they don't even blink at it. They, and if you if you talk them on and said, oh, that's an interesting statement. So uh, you're obviously the scientist that's proved this. Therefore, I want to, if I can, just see your peer reviewed paper uh, showing all the all the all the facts and figures of how you came to that assertion. Um, or you've made it up, or you've, I don't know, got your, got your information off Twitter.
0: That's right, that's right. And, 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 and this unfortunately, the CSRO here did nothing to sort of push back into some kind of reason debate here about that. Uh, uh, and so when I put to them, is it still the CSRO's view that there are no studies linking climate change to bushfires? Uh, at first, we counted it up. There, were, there was a pause of 10 seconds when I asked that. Very simple question They <laughs> didn't have an answer. Eventually, they admit it, yes, you're right, Senator, there's no studies linking climate but change wish wise. And, and, and so, you know, that, that message doesn't get out there, right? Yeah. And, and that's what frustrates me, that, that people who know better see the debate, see some of the misleading statements that are made, but do nothing to help correct it because, let's face it, some people want the debate to go in that direction. They yeah. want the debate to lead, to, 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 for governments to be forced to do more on this stuff, for a sense of crisis to emerge around the issue... Uh, when actually when you read the proper raw science on this, it's a lot more complicated than it's made out Lying by silence. Yeah, it? so exactly, exactly. And, and, and uh, to get to the science, just to explain to people, when you do go in and read the science here, there's actually not a bad paper that was written about eight or nine years ago, but it summarises it well. It was about bushfire risk in the Sydney region uh, and looking at whether climate change will make that worse or better. And the reason they, they couldn't conclude either way... Was because the climate change models have differing effects. Yeah. So on one hand, yes, uh, uh, under under climate change scenarios, there potentially be hotter, drier, windier days, as we've seen in the last forty years. But on the other hand, those same models show there'll be less rainfall mm. in southeastern Australia, which will mean less fuel build up, which yeah. won't necessarily lead to the same intensity of bushfires. Now, that hasn't exactly what's happened in the last ten years. Uh, uh, we have had a lot of rainfall yep. earlier in the decade. we're getting a bit now. And we're getting a lot now. We've had a lot in Canberra the last couple of days. That has, they did lead to fuel dry-up, then it dried off, and then we had a bushfire. And that cycle's been repeated ad, well, uh, ad infinitum uh, in Australian well, history, and we've seen it again in the last decade. Ad infinitum. Oh, sorry, you, uh, sorry you, uh, you, you'll uh, always no, crack my Latin.
1: So, and so um, what we actually have here, if you double the fuel load, uh, I think you increase the velocity of the spread of the fire by four times. So um, so this goes to show it's a very simple equation, uh, you know, that in how uh, fires work, there has to be something to burn and uh, fires will burn in virtually anything if the conditions are right. But the intensity and the spread is exacerbated by fuel load. And that's why you need a reduction in fuel load. And of course, that's not the answer that a lot of people want. They just want to say climate change, we need a new tax, you can't have any cattle on your place, That's, there's a solution. The solution is climate change, you can no longer have a coal-fired power plant because it caused the bushfires. Um, you can't have, you, you know, we need electric cars because your car caused the bushfires. Um, you cannot have a coal mining job because your coal mining job caused the bushfires. And this is how they use their the, the moral bulwark of scaring the living Jesus out of people, and then putting at the back of it uh, what they what their policy objective really is. Which, if it wasn't climate change, they'd devise another moral uh, catastrophe for which they would attack attach uh, their policy objective, which is the divestment of a person of their private assets. And you say, "Well, BS. Prove it." Okay, native vegetation laws did precisely that to meet the previous so-called equation. Uh, an Environmental Biodiversity and Conservation Act is another process towards it. And if you have a carbon trading system or a methane trading submission, or listen to anything that the uh, those in the left wing of any political party, because they exist everywhere, say, uh, it's all about uh, take the incomes away from coal miners. Um, don't tell, rights. don't yeah. tell the farmers that they're next, but they yeah. are, and on it goes.
0: Well, that was another CSIRO report. so. The CSI report looked at whether they could get to net zero emissions, and under their own models, they say that we need 24 million hectares of new forestry um, to, 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 to occur, uh, to, to get there, to net off all the carbon emissions elsewhere. So that means, what it means is, well, look, look for landowners, potentially they get paid a bit of money, right, to lock up their property and uh, say, so, yep, that area we're now not going to develop and we'll all go back to scrub and um, weeds and pests, yeah. etc., but what it means is, you if you're not running sheep on that party land anymore, you won't have shearers coming in to mm-hmm. shear sheep. You won't have wool classes coming in. Uh, you won't get uh, 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 trading through the town. You won't get people uh, sending their kids to the school. And and you, what you'll be left yeah. with is a whole lot of uh, 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 landowners getting paid a stipend yep. uh, to lock up land, but no jobs in okay. local towns and communities. Now I can't quote
1: the professor that, that did this. Um, therefore, uh, but I think it was her name was Jones and. Uh, and if she was at the University of New England. I know that. But if you actually take take them on, and say, well, if it's about carbon sequestration, then here is a fact: there is more carbon sequestrated through uh, perennial pastures, especially uh, buffalo grass, people, things such as that, than in a dry sclerophyll forest. Mm. Therefore, if this is the uh, if this is the answer then we must pull down every dry, sclerophyll forest and plant, I don't know, bambatsi grass and buffalo grass because this is how we save the planet. Uh, when I, whilst I was in the Senate, I brought this issue up with uh, Penny Wong. Mm. And she said, oh, but there's also the biodiversity argument. And I said, well, the hell, that's not... That's right. a different argument. That's a different argument. And then see, so this is where the implausibility comes into their own rhetoric because, you know, it's... It's, uh, but you
0: won't be able to have ruminants can't. to go along and eat no, buffalo no. grass because then they'll emit methane. Yes. At and the other end, uh, <laughs> so that will be banned. And what are they, you going to do with the buffalo grass? Oh, yeah, we been, oh, just then look of,
1: at it. Of course, then we've <laughs> got the other flesh segment, you know, that we go to the v, ve- you know, to, to to this new sort of vegan nirvana, and uh, which is fine. It's just we've got a few billion too many people. And we'll have to just let them starve to death, I imagine. Well,
0: the other thing here that came out this week is if you're lucky enough to then have wind farms on your land, you might also make some money from that too. That's another thing I asked. It's, I asked. Don't tell your neighbours. Maybe not. But I, I asked the, the clean energy regulator in this case. They're the, the body that, that um, uh, accredits and issues what are called renewable energy certificates. So we have a, a law here in this country that called the Renewable Energy Target. If you produce renewable energy, so wind, solar, or a few other things, every megawatt hour you produce, mm-hmm. you get a, you get one renewable energy certificate yeah. in broad terms. You get some more for some other things. But if you're a wind turbine, one megawatt hour of wind, one renewable energy certificate, and we require all the energy companies, the coal, gas, mm-hmm. all the other power producers, to buy a certain amount of renewable energy certificates every year. Yeah. And that means that there's a value to those, and some money goes through from your power yeah. bills, because it gets passed on to your power bills, goes through to the owner of the wind turbine. So I asked a bit of a question this week about, well, how much does each wind turbine get? So let's run through the numbers here. There's, there's a wind turbine, apparently, the department told me new wind turbines, five are about megawatt. five megawatt, yeah. five megawatt. So if they ran all year, there's 8,760 hours in a year. Yeah. So if they ran all year, every hour, every day, They They generate 43,800 megawatt hours. They don't run. About 30%. They run. Well, the department said, they told me, the cleaner are said 40% now. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take their numbers. That's because the
1: global warming is called more windy. More wind. I thought it was, yeah. Seems a
0: self-fulfilling prophecy. (laughs) As
1: it warms, we get more wind. The wind turbines work better and it makes it cooler again. Well, so 40%. 40 percent.
0: environment. So that means that they produce, an average wind turbine now is producing 17,520 megawatt hours a year. So they generate 17,520 renewable energy certificates a year. Now, very simple exercise. What's the price of a renewable energy certificate at the moment? Uh, 80 bucks. No, it's uh, 35 at the moment, okay. 35. Okay. So you time 17,500 by 35, uh-huh. every wind turbine, thanks to your power bills, you pay for this, you pay for it all, every wind turbine, Gets paid six hundred and thirteen thousand dollars a year. That's why we build them. <laughs> we're in the wrong game. We just made, we're build in. this thing, and it will come. So if you're driving along the road, you're driving along the road, and you see ten of these things,
1: multiply it by six hundred thirty thousand yeah,
0: dollars a you year. Get, you get, you get, you get the six million, the six million bucks of your power bills, your family's bills. Going through that, and no, guess, what? But it's the guess the what? You're so wrong. It's oh, the market. It's, it's the market. that's
1: why these things can sell energy for a negative price because yep. it's a perfect market where you can sell something for nothing. I mean, I went to a pie shop the other day, and they said, "You take a pie off us, and we'll give you a dollar." <laughs> I thought, I thought, shit, that's a market
0: working. Well, um, it's a, it's a it's a great market for some. And keep in mind too that around two thirds of the wind turbines in Australia are foreign owned too. Yeah, no. so, so they're not made man. in Australia either. No, they're not made, they're in, not made Australia. in Australia. They're not made in Australia. They're not owned here. by
1: Australians. We just pay the bill we for a highly subsidized product. Panels.
0: And the problem we've got is these these costs are hidden on people's power bills. You know, they're, yeah, not, they're not there in a line of to much.
1: Because this has got to be paid by the retail. They've got to yep. buy, buy the credit. Yep. You just pay the bill. And
0: so that's on your bill, your home. And it's a it swindle. It also flows through to, to you know, if, if a manufacturer factory factories paying for electricity, they're paying this cost. That means it may, it's become very hard for our factories to stay alive and open because their costs of energy and this is why you've in a got, country with this, so much energy is paying some of the highest costs This is another,
1: the world. another, I'd have to say, lie, where they say, oh, well, no, in the, the market's saying that there will be no more coal-fired power stations. But they don't say, the market's saying in a highly subsidised renewable energy sector that it's harder for others to compete. Let's take away
0: all the subsidies
1: and, you will, and the coal-fired power station will just blitz
0: it. Exactly exactly well we've only got a little bit of time left I want one more I think I've, I think this has saved my best for last this is uh, this is a big issue so another question I asked was of the Federal Department of Environment uh, we've got an act or a law here in this country called the Environment Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act all major projects have to be assessed under this act so a big coal mine big oil and gas project etc there's a there's a proposed Oil and gas project off the coast of Broome, called the Browse Project, it's in, a, in a place called the Browse Basin. It's a few hundred kilometres off the coast, up there in northwestern Australia. Uh, big project, thirty odd billion, thousands, like about two thousand construction jobs, thousands in operation. Big deal for WA economy. Anyway, the Federal Department of Environment it was revealed this week at Senate Estimates has asked. And bear with me here. Has asked uh, Woodside, an oil and gas company running this project, they've asked Woodside to assess how. Their oil and gas pr- proposed oil and gas project off the coast of Broome would affect native vegetation in alpine regions of Australia. Oh, well, it's, so obvious. it's logical, oh, so very logical, very logical. Well, it's, it's by the sharks, <laughs> by, the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> the sharks. <laughs> by the
1: sharks and the frogs.
0: Well, the, it's a butterfly or something, it's <laughs> a butterfly, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, in, in, in Broome uh, affects the snowy mountains near Canberra. So, the, the idea here is that the oil and gas goes off to Japan and Korea. Emissions get created by that being burnt. The emissions potentially lower snowfall are across our Alpine regions, which then reflects slow melt and affects these native vegetation. Mm-hmm. And, but, and Woodside has to be responsible for this of course. and assess it. And but the more it
1: wind will make the turbines work, which is going to, as you know, <laughs> except as all these turbines work, they're going to slow down the atmospheric actions of the wind uh, and the world will become still. But and it'll get really hot. Well, this is why That's we've why got I to stay. On, this is down. why
0: you've got to stay on the case here. And if you're concerned about these things like renewable energy targets, this green tape creep, which is what's happening. So, yeah. so this this, this, this gets worth this project, this Browse project, was assessed five years ago by the Department of Environment. Uh, it was a different concept. They weren't going to bring the gas to a place called Karatha in Western Australia. They were going to just ship it straight out on a floating LNG facility. So it's a different concept. But five years ago, they assessed it. No mention of carbon emissions. No mention of um, of, uh, of, of of wildflowers in alpine regions. Uh, and it was approved. Now the law hasn't changed in five years. Uh, we've done nothing in Parliament to say go and have a look at this. What's happened is some 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 public service officials in the Department of Environment have decided that this should be a new hurdle that they should invent without the Parliament's approval uh, to make sure make jobs harder to create in this country.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Ingenium engines. Incultulated, hot sub capori. This is about you, Matt, not me, because I am handsome.
0: I'll have to Google that later. So um, I didn't go to a uh, to a to an exclusive Did Catholic school. No, well, uh, <laughs> where I <laughs> learned Latin. Well, so I, 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 well, well, I, I was
1: very poor at it, to be quite frank, and it was only later on. But who
0: <laughs> would know? The great thing about Latin is you can say whatever you like. <laughs> mm-hmm. so they're, they're, yeah, no one, we'll, no one, will, no a, one will pick you up.
1: Well, that's the whole point. Uh, there's another one, Quid Quid Blatina dictum, dictum Sit Alternum vidito which means say something in Latin and sounds really smart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good place to end. Um, another, another week down. Uh, we'll be back over the break with some other uh, podcast episodes. So make sure you subscribe so you can keep up to date with those. You can do so through all your favourite podcasts app Apple, iTunes, uh, or Spotify, everything. So thanks again for listening, everybody, and uh, talk soon. <laughs>